0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the E-Hunter podcast. Uh, we're going to do another Shooting the Bull podcast with E-Hunter, and tonight we're going to talk about uh, different bow hunting stories. Uh, tonight, actually, I've got a couple guys on, so Seth, is, as always, is on. What's up, Seth? Not much. How are you? Doing good, dude. Doing really good. And then we also got Curtis. Curtis, you there?
1: I am here, back from the dead. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Dude, about time you get back on this podcast
1: feeling bad i didn't think i was invited again but i appreciate it
0: that may have been seth's fault (laughs) that's (laughs) about right (laughs) no 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 definitely not my my problem (laughs) yeah we gotta have you on more of these these are these are pretty fun podcasts we really enjoy doing these just kind of yeah shooting the breeze talking about just different things and yeah it's been a lot of fun so before we get going though um, as always we want to thank our sponsors for the podcast. Vortex Optics, um, as always. Curtis, you got that uh, that razor mounted yet?
1: Oh yeah, yep. I got that thing on a six-five Creedmoor. Your favorite to round, I hear, Oh, Taren.
0: Boy, oh, boy, that I thing
1: mean... shoots like a charm. Oh uh, yeah, that's great.
0: you tickled the trigger on that thing, huh?
1: Oh yeah, yep. Stretched yeah. it out a little bit. It's been really good.
0: How far have you shot?
1: When I say stretch it out a bit, I've gotten to about two hundred is all. Oh, so
2: it's,
0: oh.
1: It's pretty far for me though. So stretch I'm feeling pretty good.
0: far for a, pretty far for a creed more too. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That, that's yep. about all the killing power that thing has anyway, so <laughs> yeah. don't don't roast us. It's a joke mostly. <laughs> mostly. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, those things are amazing. Those sculptures are awesome. So Um, And also another sponsor we have on the podcast this month is PhoneScope. And I talked about this on our last podcast, but um, I've got my new uh, PhoneScope case for my iPhone 12 Pro Max, which is a mouthful to even say that. But um, got it mounted up on the the spotting scope this week. And oh my gosh, I mean, those phones take amazing pictures anyways, but then you put it through that, that spotting scope. I've got the Vortex Razor spotting scope and oh my gosh, it's amazing. So... Anyways, we want to thank both Vortex Optics and PhoneScope for sponsoring the podcast and appreciate them. So, tonight we're going to talk about bow hunting. Um, that's kind of the reason we have Curtis on. He's the he's the master of bow hunting. Isn't that right, Curtis?
1: Well, if you say so, Taryn, I would never say that about myself, but since you have said it, I'll, I'm okay with it. Uh,
0: don't believe that, anybody. <laughs> he's, you, you should have seen the text messages going back and forth earlier today. <laughs>
1: Come on. We had to have someone on that at least had a few good stories, so uh, we, I, I volunteered.
0: You've had some pretty good recent ones, so I'm excited to hear these stories. Um I mean I I've kind of heard little bits and pieces of the stories, but I don't think I've actually heard like the detailed story, so and I don't get invited on your hunt, so I, I wasn't there when it happened.
1: <laughs> Maybe someday, Taryn. You still yeah, gotta right. prove yourself.
0: Yeah, right. Now that I'm gonna be living in Utah, dude, we need to we need to hunt together more go. often.
2: Yep, I, think we need to, I think we need to plan an Arizona archery trip, all three of us.
0: Oh, dude, he get fun. on
2: board with that. <laughs>
0: I've got a a buddy here in Colorado that's headed to Arizona this year, and he's begging me to go with him. I should I should go.
1: Yeah, go get the secrets, and then we'll go the next year.
0: Yeah, well, the secrets don't. You live in Arizona, don't you? Know the secrets?
1: I know a few, but. Not as good as him, probably, if he's actually hunting. Have
0: you have you killed a archery deer? In I haven't killed
1: yet. yet. I've I've chased him a bit. Had a couple of decent ones that I've chased, but haven't been able to make it happen.
0: You just come to my state of Colorado and kill you with your bow, huh?
1: Well, it's funny. I I've got a theory behind this. So if you live in the state and there's over-the-counter archery, I've found that you don't set aside the five days that you need to go and actually dedicate it. Like Colorado, I'm traveling 10 hours to get up there. So, of course, I'm going to plan, you know, five to 10 days to be back there. But when I'm here, I'm like, oh, I'll just go over the weekend. And then, you know, babies happen, wives happen. <laughs> you just can't get
0: out. So oh, it's oh. it's been hard did you say wives I mean I know what religion you are but wives
1: well I was including you two in the oh, conversation as oh, well so.
2: okay, sorry <laughs> I say he lives in Arizona we can't we can't bring that up uh. button that up Why? technically
0: isn't oh man we better not go down that rabbit hole yeah, we'll,
1: good. we'll just stop there yeah, that's yeah we'll skip we'll over that me. <laughs>
0: Well, let's hear about this. Uh, let's start off with you, Curtis. Tell us about your hunts you've had recently in Colorado. Well, you've, you've had both a, an elk hunt and a well, an elk and a deer kill with a bow recently in the last couple of years, right?
1: Yeah. So 2019 was a really good fall for me. Um, it started in Nevada, so I, I like putting in for Nevada mule deer. They uh, their season seems to be the earliest one, so it's usually the beginning part of August. So I can usually get a week in that before you know utah opens up and Colorado's usually later anyways but do you want the deer story first or the colorado one or the elk
0: um let's do the deer story first
1: okay so we've hunted this area probably five six years so we're getting to know the place fairly well um, but we had a new spot that we wanted to try out we've seen decent bucks up there but it's a tough spot to get to. It takes, you know, it's about 12 to 15 miles from the trailhead. Um, so this year we, we had, we hadn't really scouted back there this year. We were just going in on a hope that things were kind of the same as the year before. Um, so we, we hiked about halfway the first day. We, we left a couple days early. So we hiked in, um, spent the night rested you know we're getting old i'm what 35 years old now
0: Goodness, you are old
1: and hiking back with the with the heavy pack 10 days worth of food It's it's not easy so we have to split things up um second day we make it up there and we're um we've got enough time to kind of scout the evening and see see what's around so we get camp set up real quick and there was another group of guys up there, too, so they had beat us up there, um, and they were at camp, so I went and talked to them. They're, they were cool guys, decent dudes, but they kind of told me their plan, and, you know, since they were there first, I was going to let them have dibs on the ridge that, that they wanted to hunt, so it kind of changed our plans a little bit, but not much. There was enough area to to make it happen. Um, anyways, we got up in the, in the evening and were able to glass a little bit we glassed up a a group of bucks they were about probably five or six bucks together there was one really good four by three that we liked he was probably the biggest one there was another four by four that was a little bit smaller kind of boxy um but then you know it got real windy and started to get dark so we kind of had a game plan on those ones so next morning um those guys went up and and took the spot we originally wanted to go to so we kind of hung back and um ended up glassing these bucks up again so we watched them uh for a couple hours till it warmed up and they ended up bedding kind of in the open it wasn't ideal they were in some boulders and you know not an ideal spot but but i took off after them anyways. there was a little bit of um, contour heading down to them. So I thought I could kind of use that as my, you know, advantage to get in close enough. But I ended up getting down to where they were at and where I thought they had bed. And I just sat tight, couldn't really see them. And then I look up and they've busted me and they're already a hundred yards going down, down the Canyon. (laughs) So I blew that one. Um, But they weren't, it was funny. They'd they'd sprint for a little bit, then stop and feed, and just kind of going slow, you know. So I'm like, heck, I'll just I'll just follow them, see what they do. So whenever they'd they'd walk and kind of get out of view, I'd use the contour and kind of just sneak after them, keep going. Um, I never really gained any ground, but I never lost it either. So you know, it was still still a stock that I was doing. Um, eventually, I got to this little ravine and I saw them go down, and there was a big boulder field, and they kind of walked through this boulder field, and then I never saw them come out on the other side, so I thought, man, maybe they're right there in that boulder field, so I, there was one three-point, though, you know, there's always the one deer that knows what's up, so he was staring at me the whole time, and he was about 100 yards past the entire group, <clears throat> so I thought for sure he'd beg me and run and take the whole group with him, but it was kind of windy, and the the little hill I was on had some brush, so I just got on my belly, crawled down. It was open. He, he could see me the whole way, but I think since it was windy and there was brush, you know, he didn't really see that it was me coming out down to him. Um, but I got to the boulder field, and there was this big, huge rock, and I got my shoes and my pack all off and walked up to this rock and peeked my head around, and there they were at, lay, bedded in some um, – little junipers and, and pines and stuff. And so, but there was a small two point in the bed that was closest to, to where I was at. My big three by four, he was the next one up, but not in a spot that I could get a shot. So I was I was kind of ticked, but I, I mean, I had time. They didn't really know I was there. So I just sat and watched them. Um, next time I snuck my head around the rock, that big four by three had kicked that little one out of that bed um so it it, i mean it's like dang that this is gonna work out perfect he he was bedded looking straight at me but his entire it was weird how he was laying his his entire chest neck you know all the way up was fully exposed to me like i could see vitals and everything right there i'm like oh crap do i just try this front on shot or do i wait and and the wind's swirling and it's being kind of crazy I'm like, I don't, I don't think I can get another shot. So like, I'm going to try this. So I, I drew behind this boulder and then stepped out to the left and they didn't see me. So I had a, had my time. Like I took my time. I leveled, I got my pin on it pretty good. I'm like, okay, right, right there in dead center, let it fly. And he kind of jumped the string, but I had put it you know good enough that as he jumped it hit him dead center and it got spine and he just dropped right there in his bed
0: oh it was it was
1: the craziest thing ever like it just it hit him and he was down so I don't know what happened if he he jumped enough that it the arrow kind of hit higher than you know the vitals and it just hit right through the neck and hit that spine and just KO'd him right there
0: (laughs) They'll do that though. Yeah, if you, even with an arrow, you hit them in the spine. I, I kind of talked about this on our last podcast, but my brother did this on a cow elk and shot it a little bit high because she jumped the string and yeah, she just piled up right there where she was at. So yeah, that's, it that's
1: was amazing. crazy. So as I walk up there too, it caught jugular, it caught that carotid artery there. It, I mean, it was just a bloodbath all over it, hit the spine. So I mean, it was really fast and, and it worked worked out really well for me.
0: Just like you planned it.
1: Just like I planned. Yeah, I, he's going to jump it because it's a little further. It'll stick right here. You know, I had it all planned, all mapped out.
0: <laughs> That's but awesome.
1: The, the coolest part about it, though, is that my, my father-in-law and brother-in-law were up on the hill where I left them. And they were glassing. They could see them through the spotting scope, you know, watching them bed and, you know, kick bucks out of their out of their bed and stuff like that. And and when my brother-in-law got down to me, he said, I happened to look in my spotting scope right when you shot and and he said all the deers took off but all the deer took off but one that one's dead he's down like he he watched the kill shot as <laughs> it happened like perfect timing he stuck Where, his eye up to that scope
0: where's the phone scope on that man that i know sweet. yeah
1: he blew it that would have been awesome but
0: so the picture you posted just recently on i think you posted on your social media as well as we put on the e-hunter uh instagram is that you and that deer
1: yeah, I believe. Yeah, no, 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 that was Utah. I drew a, oh, another funny. tag in Utah, and yeah, that was a different stock. Oh,
0: yeah, you're not in a Boulder Field in June. Uh-uh. No, like
1: that. that's, yeah, that's tiny, Yep. Oh, okay. But no, that one, I didn't even get a shot at him. I was within 15 yards, and that small stretch of brush that's in between us, it uh-huh. was high enough that I couldn't, I couldn't ever see him. Never got a shot at him.
0: Oh, man. Dang, such
1: as crazy. such as bow hunting, right? <laughs> yeah. You can be ten yards away from them and not even see them or get a shot.
0: You know, but that's the fun part I think about bow hunting. It's it's frustrating, and I get that. But it's fun getting that close to an yeah. animal, whether you kill the animal or not. You're still like, it. it I hate to use the word, but it's it's sure. more intimate. You know, it, it's you're right oh, there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and my buddy was watching through the through his scope. He took all those pics of me stocking up on him. There was actually another hunter that was on the other side trying to sneak in, and his buddy was with my buddy watching me through the phone scope. And he was radioing him. He's like, "Yeah, this guy's gonna kill him. Just back out of there. It's not even worth it." So it's was, it was kind of funny, but yeah, really, really cool to be able to get in that close and you know have a chance at him. It's cool. Man, that is
0: freaking awesome. Oh gosh, that's you know what's funny is I'll bet your adrenaline was just through the roof when you kinda of peeked around that boulder. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. And there's really nothing like that. When you know you're finally within range and something can happen, mm-hmm. it just takes it to a whole new level. Luckily they didn't know I was there so I could, you know, take that couple of minutes to breathe and all right, Curtis, don't screw this up. Just calm down. Just <laughs> do like you practice. Don't be an idiot. Like you have a shot.
0: So <laughs> bad. Like well, we talked about this on the last podcast as well. Like, when I get time to think about it like that, then I start thinking too much and that bug fever starts to settle in. Like, I like those shots where it's like, "Yep, I just I I pull Do up and shoot and it's got Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do it now." And it's done and over with. Like, if I start to yeah. think about it, oh man, yeah. I start to shake.
1: I think it goes both ways. Sometimes I can I can use it to calm myself a little bit, get a little, you know, less shaky, but I think you're right too. The majority of the time, I'd rather just be in the moment and and let it you know just kind of happen
2: and and sometimes you almost need a like a screw up or a a double try like the first one you're you're rattled or whatever you miss and the the buck only goes a little ways and stops gives you another chance or whatever and you're calmed down at that point you the jitters are all gone and your second all that out better yep yep for sure yeah
0: that's true well that's awesome man what a what a cool story, and like I said, I've, I've heard little pieces of that, but I, I never heard the full detailed story on that, and that's, man, that's a cool experience. Yeah,
1: so that was day one, so we had nine days worth of food left still in our packs and everything, and then added deer to it as well. It was a fun pack out.
0: <laughs> yeah, who, eat heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was with you on that hunt? Did you say like I, I'm just looking at pictures yeah. and you got a couple. I had guys my who...
1: father-in-law and my brother-in-law. Okay. They they've hunted that area with me quite a bit. My brother-in-law had a tag a couple of years before, and you know he he had a good stock on a big three by three, big boxy three, and and he had a couple shots at him, but it was a pretty far shot, about sixty yards, so he didn't end up hitting him, but we've killed a few deer back there. I, I killed the first year I drew a tag, uh, a decent three by three. And then we took my brother-in-law back and he shot a little four by four. So it's, it's cool. It's an area that's got kind of weird genetics. Um, there are the, the few decent bucks that you can find that are, that are nice, but for the most part, one side's really good and one side's, you know, not so good. Mm -hmm. Um, but my guy, he just didn't split on that, that that left side to get that fourth but he's got good mass and cool velvet so it was a fun one
0: still a stud buck yeah yeah it was that, that's, i think my favorite thing about hunting deer and the archery is just the velvet it makes them look so heavy
1: yeah i love it i'm a velvet guy over hard horn for sure yeah i know that's a you know that's a topic people like the hard horns but i'm a velvet all the way
0: yep
2: I, I i like hard horns i don't know it's hard it's like a 50 50 but i've i've still never killed the velvet buck killed two three archery bucks all been mm. hard
1: really all stripped already huh
2: yeah well one was late
0: season but the other mm. two had already stripped dang huh. so. that's crazy well oh, man that's fun that, that's really fun so same year you shot your elk right
1: same year yeah you want me to just keep going with Yeah. Me? Let's, let's jump into your once elk in a story lifetime year that i had
0: gosh dude you're i swear okay i'm sorry sidebar here really quick so you guys that are listening Kurt, curtis is the luckiest sob that i know and i'll explain sobs at a later date but my gosh so <laughs> this guy okay so he this year that that year that we're talking about he kills this deer and then he's going to tell the story about this elk that he he kills as well and then um last year kind of fluke, not flute thing but off the cuff thing he goes and shoots another big bull elk and then this year he draws out for new mexico bull elk i'm like i i I just want a little bit of your luck dude that's just a little bit
1: hey i guess i might be living right or something
0: jeez (laughs) i don't know no it is luck if you
1: if you yeah if you ask my brother-in-law my father-in-law it's all luck i drew an expo tag a utah expo tag which you know the odds on those
0: uh ridiculous
1: yeah so i i'm not gonna complain i'm okay with it and if the tag gods want to keep smiling upon me. I will take it, <laughs> especially with more results coming out soon. So
0: yeah, yeah. I'll say we're gonna start finding out here pretty quickly. Yeah, I've got all my all my appendages crossed. I, I need some luck. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I hope I I hope I get something this year. Well, and let me let me keep going on the on Curtis's luck. Him and I put in for the same tag last year. Same points, everything the same. Put in for the same tag. He draws the stupid tag, and I don't draw it. So I mean, it's just I I need some of Curtis's luck. We'll just leave it. Yeah, at Yeah,
1: but it was probably for the best since the whole unit pretty much burned down. I that's didn't even true. get to hunt. So
0: that's
1: true. <laughs> Hindsight, I wish I wouldn't have drawn with you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that makes
1: you feel any better.
0: I I agree with that. That that turned out to be a pretty crappy year. Golly, it'll yeah. be it'll be good this year though. Yeah, that that's unit'll true. be great this year. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I draw it again this year. I did put I put in for that same unit, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah. Uh <laughs> no, but anyways, let's yeah, let's go into your uh your elk story from that same year.
1: So the elk hunt was more like like Taryn was saying, that you like it just kinda happens and you have to do it and it's fast. So my brother and I, we've we've been putting in together for a long time in Colorado. Um we finally drew, I think we had Seven points, maybe and and it was a i mean mid tier unit it wasn't a a fantastic unit, but a good enough unit that we wanted to hunt it and you know had a chance at something decent um so we we went up preseason um once did some scouting, uh saw some cool areas. I had a buddy that was um very instrumental in in helping out as well that. Um is actually written for us quite a bit on e Hunter, uh Joseph. So he he's a good dude. He's helped me. He he actually helped me with my um rifle tag last year as well. So props to him for sure. Um
0: I'll bet he's a podcast listener. So thanks, buddy.
1: Yes, thank you. He's a good dude, for sure. Um I wouldn't have killed either one of those elk without his help. So uh a very good friend to have any anyway, and uh so I I went out a few days before my brother could meet me. Um, checked out some of the areas. I I hiked into this one spot and there was a little bit of private property um, right through the center of it, but there was some decent public around the edges of it that I that I found some elk. I got into them once. Um, kind of did a stand where I called and raked a tree and. Um, it was pre rut, so they weren't really doing much, but he did come pretty close. I didn't ever get a look at him cause he winded me and busted out, but I kind of knew the area, um, at least where they were hanging out. Uh, but when my brother got there, we planned on hunting the, the other side of the unit cause you know, that one was a little bit better. We had scouted that side and there was lots of sign over there. Um, so we headed over there and, uh, worked our butts off, man. We, we hiked, hard the I think the second day we had a little raghorn come in and it's like do you want him you want him trying to get my brother to shoot and neither of us wanted to kill a raghorn so we passed him up and we had other other balls that were decent I think just one other ball that we had seen and and got within maybe a hundred but we were in some thick stuff so we couldn't ever really get an opening or get close enough um and then a couple of other hunters came into the camp and they were they were basically right on top of us. So we said, okay, you guys have at it. We'll go try that other side where I'd seen the other one. So we packed up camp and drove to the other side of the unit and um, found this ridge that they were coming up every morning. So we kind of sat it out one morning. They came up, um, didn't quite make it to us. So, so we didn't get a chance at them. The next morning, I think it was our last day there, they snuck up the backside and came up and caught us on that, on that backside and busted out, you know, they came in a totally different way than, than we were used to them coming. Um, so we, we ended up just kind of still hunting and walking, uh, down the ridge. We, we saw a couple of spikes and so we're like, yeah let's just follow them or chase them around, you know, we'll get some meat or something. And, um, we actually didn't end up finding them either but as we were walking we were just you know still hunting down this canyon i see this bull at the bottom walking up towards us and he kind of stopped he was looking at us the wind was perfect for us so he didn't he didn't wind us didn't know really what we were um but when we saw him he started kind of angling you know walking up towards us but to the left so kind of angling away but still kind of coming towards us um so there was a patch of trees to my left and I just kind of booked it through there trying to get through I I was crashing over logs I actually fell on my face (laughs) I was like oh this is this is good my brother said after he said right right when you made that huge noise he's like I took off right towards where we had last seen him to try to you know cut him off that way once he blows out of the canyon when you scare him out you know um but he didn't. I I kept going through there and I got to the end and I still saw him coming up. So I ranged him and yeah, it was crazy. I, I had my arrow knocked, I ranged him. Like he was a little far, but coming still a little closer. So I ranged a spot that I thought he would get to that was that was in my comfortable shooting range. Um and I set the rangefinder down, put the put my release on and as he steps into there, I I'm drawn and I do a little grunt and he stops, perfect and looks over at me, huh. and 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 you know I I line up on him, I I get my level, I do everything and right as I shoot, he kind of starts walking again, oh, no. so I'm like frick, um, but I I see it it kind of he jumps and he turns, and as he's running away, I can see my arrow in him. Um, so I'm like, but it looks like it's far back. It's kind of low. It it didn't look ideal because he started moving right as I shot. I thought, you know, it hit him in the gut or hit him yeah. somewhere. That's not gonna, you know, do much. So my, my brother comes through. I was like, I hit him. I, I can't <laughs> believe I hit him, but it, it, I, it looked terrible. So we, we sat there for, we gave him a long, long time. I think we sat right where I shot from for three hours um and then we walked up to the to the point where we hit him and started looking and and you know like when you get there your first instinct is okay look on the ground try to find the blood Mm -hmm. but then you're like your head starts wandering like well this path kind of looks like where he should go we found drips but not a lot and then you just start kind of walking like i'll just find him i'll just walk this way so we were kind of nervous and started doing that. And, and eventually I'm like, okay, screw this. I got to go back. I got to find right where I hit him. I got to find blood because we'll never find him if we don't. Yep. So I went back, got on my hands and knees, and found some blood, finally. Um, But it was, it was drips. It was nothing. So that right there ticks you off. You're like, okay, it really was a bad shot. Far back, you know, no blood. So we start picking at this trail. And we find bigger patches and you know when you hit a bigger patch you're like okay that might be good you keep giving yourself hope
0: (laughs) yes they get a little bit of hope
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right let's keep going so we finally get to this spot where it's just drip by drip and we said okay let's stop let's not push him and we waited another three hours so we ended up waiting like six hours just to give him enough time if if by chance i hit him bad or something and so we're like okay let's let's go so we started going again and we'd find a drip here and my brother would stay on that while i'm you know 10 feet ahead looking for another drip you know Mm -hmm. we were both on our hands and knees and for whatever reason i look up and that ball is laying right there about 20 feet in front of me and i was like (laughs) oh my there he is and we both just start freaking out and like no way and and he had bees on him. Rigor mortis was already set in, so he he had been hit pretty well and died pretty quick. Um it ended up being kind of far back, but it had clipped the the back of the lungs and and everything and he didn't go. I think it was probably 300 yards that he went and was crumpled up. Oh so, my
0: gosh. That's crazy.
1: It was <laughs> it was nuts. We that was like the roller coaster of the year highest of highs lowest of lows it was just it was crazy but
0: that's super
1: super fun bull man he was a good one he surprised us too because we didn't get a good look we were at the point where we're shooting any bull you know and we we get
0: up to him we're like holy crap this is a good bull (laughs) those ones that grow as you get closer to him yes (laughs) oh man did you end up scoring him out
1: no, we 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 did a rough one. We're not great at it, but we we scored him right around 340. That's what we got. That's a good um, bull, man. I haven't, I haven't have a done ball, him. Ball. Yeah, I haven't gotten it scored. I I bet it it'd probably be a little less. I I guess 330 to 340, which biggest bull I've killed, you know. So yeah. I'm to- I was totally fine with him. Plus, you know, the hard hard hunt that we had and how it all worked out, like it was yeah, it was awesome.
0: Oh, man, that's amazing. Holy cow. It Damn. is, though. When, when you go, I was going to say, when you're archery hunting, well, I guess any hunting, but that roller coaster of emotions, I mean, I, I've had rifle hunts, right? Shot them, and then, you know, like, when you shoot them in the heart, they just, it seems like they take off running as soon as you shoot them in the yeah. heart. And so you're like, did I hit him good? Did I hit him back. Like, what happened? Like, why didn't it? You know, you always expect him to just drop right there for you, and then you have that roller coaster of Like, yes, I hit it, and then like, oh crap, no, I gotta go find it, and then you're falling that blood, and you lose blood, and you're just completely deflated. Then you see a little bit, and you're completely, you know, on the other opposite end, excited, and and then when you finally find the animal, then it just it kind of overflows and explodes. But yeah, oh man, that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and the best part about this one is that this spot that we were in, we ended up being uh, only one mile from a road, so my brother and I, we we did one pack out, we put it all on our backs and and suffered for a mile, but then we were done with it, so... Gosh, Worked that's, out really good.
0: That's Seth style right there, man. Yes. Just bag the truck up and put it in.
2: Dude, mine, yeah, we, we beat you on that one, Curtis. We just yeah. winched mine onto the trailer full body. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I've, I've only been able to do that with one animal, Seth. And that was with a cow elk, and I was happy. I mean, she's a big old brute, yeah. but uh, that's the only animal I've ever been able to like back up and actually winch up into the back of the truck.
2: That makes it real easy for packing out when you just yeah, get the does. witch him on. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: when you mm-hmm. gotta pack it out miles, whew, it's tough. It's rough. But you don't forget it when you gotta pack it out. I mean, you're not gonna forget any hunt, but when you have to right. put in the work and take There's a lot that of far. blood,
1: sweat and tears that go into that one, so mm-hmm. it means a little more.
0: Yep, yeah, but it, it lasts a little bit longer.
1: Mm-hmm. But so yeah, that, that year was one for the books. I don't know if I'll be able to top that. It was it was a good one.
0: Well, when you top it with a 200-inch deer and a 400-inch elk on the, in the same year, you know that's that's next year. This year, we got this Montana year. and Arizona. There you go. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> you got it.
0: Yeah, Are either of you a member of the 200-inch club? You guys shot a deer that big? No. Oh. And that's that's kind of like a goal of mine. I really like to shoot a a big. Mule deer. I think that'd be really cool.
1: You really would. Weird.
0: I've <laughs> Shock, shocker, shocker. <laughs> would you rather have a two hundred inch mule deer or four hundred inch elk?
1: Mule deer. deer. Deer all day. Yep.
0: I think I would agree with that. Elk. I'm. I'm pretty happy with anything. I mean, just a good, solid, mature elk. i I'm pretty happy with.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd be okay if I ended up killing a 400-inch bull. Yeah,
0: which you'll do this year because it's, it's you and I hate you, but, you know. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I still can't believe you, dude. When you sent me that text the other day, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this guy, I've all, just, oh, it's unbelievable. You better take your father-in-law and your brother-in-law with you to
1: I know, Mexico. that's what I said. He's he's good luck. You get these days figured out. You're coming with.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have a choice. Oh. Well, Seth, what about you? What kind of bow hunting stories do you have? Yeah, I've got a couple.
2: Um,
0: uh, let's see. I'll start with, you know, I think I'm going to
2: start with my antelope hunt. That'll oh, nice. be change pace between elk and deer. So. Yeah. So back in 2015, I drew an archery antelope permit in central Utah. Um, and I had never hunted them period with any type of weapon. So knowing that it was an antelope hunt and the shots might be far, I started practicing a lot, put a lot of work into the bow, start shooting a lot further than what I was comfortable with to kind of get a feel if I needed to take a little bit further of a shot. Um, and my work schedule that year was horrendous. Like Uh, I I had very little time off. I knew it was going to kind of be a time crunch. Um, So we didn't even make it opening weekend. We actually went the following weekend, so the second weekend of the hunt. Um, And I only had three days, so I had Saturday, Sunday, Monday scheduled off. Um, So we got there and set up camp. And uh, me and my cousin went in the morning, and then my dad was going to come down and meet us um if we hadn't killed one on the second day is what he said um so that first morning we went out and seen a couple bucks and i put the stocks on, on them and both those bucks I got to be about 120 yards from um and couldn't ever close the distance very little cover and they were running around kind of just starting to get that rut activity running other bucks off and um never closed the deal on those two. And then when we got back to the truck, um, the one spot, I guess we were sitting, we got a message that my dad was on his way. So he was coming that evening. Um, and so he actually got there about three o'clock in the afternoon. And I don't know what the deal was, but as soon as he got there, there were antelope in every draw. I mean, there were bucks everywhere. And so I just kept stalking them and stalking them. And, and I've hunted desert mule deer my whole life and felt like I was decently sneaky. Mm-hmm. But you want to get freaking humbled, man. You hunt some pronghorn with a bow. Because yeah. holy frick. Holy frick. I just blew stock after stock after stock. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had blown, I think at this point, I'd probably blown like nine or 10. Um, and we'd come around the bend and we saw this buck. And he was laying out in the open all by himself. And it's still, I don't know antelope well, but it's one of those where you look at him and you just go, holy freak, that that thing is a monster. (laughs) And he was laying pretty close to a wash. And so when I looked at it, I was like, I bet you I could go right up that wash. He'd never see me. I pop out and I said, that's probably bow range. And so I did exactly what I had in mind, Um, popped out and... It was not bow range. I had misjudged from the truck. I was once again about 130 yards from him and nowhere to go. I mean, he was in, it wasn't even sagebrush. It was like two inch tall salt brush. I'm like, this ain't going to work. So I tried to do some tricky stuff and he, he blew out of there. So, and anyways, by the end of the first day, I think we'd figured I'd blown like 13 total stocks and, so (laughs) that's archery hunting though isn't it (laughs) yeah it is it is especially on an antelope hunt because they're on this particular hunt they were all over the place Mm -hmm. and i was hunting with with a short time frame i was hunting buck legal buck antelope like i wasn't if a big one showed up sure but if it had horns and it was a legal buck i was i was trying to take it so Mm -hmm. that night at camp we were having a discussion and my dad's like we should go back over to that where that big buck was. Cause there's a pond that we found. And he's like, you should just sit cause it had like a, somebody had built like a makeshift blind out of these volcanic rock, mm-hmm. like stacked them up. And he's like, you should just sit there all day and see if that big one comes back. And I had been humbled so much and I'm not a patient guy. I'm not a stand hunter at all, but I had been humbled so much. I'm like, all right, we'll do that. Well, if you're familiar with the Boulder mountain, it rains pretty much every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we woke up in the middle of the night to just a freaking downpour. Like, well, probably won't be sitting on no ponds today because <laughs> every puddle they're going to drink out of before they come to the pond. Yep. So we got up and my dad and my cousin and me, we all kind of had a meeting of the minds in the truck. And he goes, my dad and cousin Boko, we got to go over on this section where there's more trees. It's like, I know antelope aren't tree animals, but if you can even get them close to the trees, you might be able to stock them. I was like, all right, sounds good. So we go driving up on this loop road that takes you through these big open valleys, but there's quite a few trees in between. And came around the bend, and there was a nice pullout. And as soon as we pulled, pulled off into this pullout, both my cousin and my uncle, like, there's a buck right there laying down. So we looked at him, and he wasn't a giant, but he was a decent buck. And he was laying with three does, and the rain had him so soaked, they were actually laying pretty close to some cedars to get out of the weather. And the cedars ran on this this pretty nice, narrow ridge. But the wind was bad from where I was. If I stayed on the same side as them so that we could kind of keep tabs, the wind was bad. And so I told them... I told them, well, let's go drive me around the other side of the ridge and I'll come over the ridge on them because the wind's better. And they're like, all right, sounds good. So we haul butt so they don't get up and run or whatever because they're so flighty. Um, I get out and I just ran across the flat because I was five or six hundred yards from even the tree line where they drop where the road dropped me. Mm -hmm. So I booked it across the flat because the last thing I wanted them to do was get up and run while I was trying to get over there. So I went booking across the flat, and then once I got up into the ponderosas and the cedars, I started, you know, creeping real slow, tree to tree to tree. And I had no, like, real marker because I knew kind of where they were on the ridge, but all the trees looked pretty similar. Um, I was just creeping along, creeping along, and started thinking, okay, they got to be right here. Like they're, I'm like, I'm running out of cover. I'm like, they've, they've got to be, this is where they were. Keep talking to myself. I'm like Where the freak are these antelope? They got to be right here. And I had this one big fat cedar that was kind of my my marker, just because it provided a lot of cover. Like if they were on the other side of it and I was there, there was no way they were gonna see me. Mm-hmm. So just as I started, just as I about got to it, I I heard the doe antelope do their blow thing. there yeah. Oh. Like I was like, oh no, they're gonna blow. And so I was, you know, arrow knocked, trigger released was trigger release was on the, the string, and I just peeked slightly to the left, and all three of the does are standing there. At, like I didn't even arrange them. They were like mid sixties if I had to guess. And I was like, okay, hey, where's the buck? Where's the buck? And I knew he was laying to the right. Well, it would have been our left looking at him, but from where they were, it was his or their right. So I just took two steps to the right side of that big cedar and there was a bunch of little stunted cedars and just over the top of the cedars, I could see his horns and he wasn't even looking at me. He was actually looking at the does walking towards them. And then I don't know, it happened so fast. I was like, he's going to be in this gap in about three seconds. So I, he was further than they were didn't range him. didn't have time. So I just drew back and I guessed I was like, eh. he's probably 10 yards beyond them mid mid seventies, which is my bottom pin. My bottom pin was a, an 80 yard pin. Whew. I'm like this is a poke, but it's the only chance I've even had. And he walked right out in the open and stopped and looked right at me. Huh. And I was only like just barely outside of this tree. Um, and i just i was at full draw when he walked out in the open i just settled the bottom pin just behind his shoulder blade and let it go and just crack heard the hit it sounded the the hit sounded good and he spun around and ran off to the, the right side or off to the right and i couldn't see the side the arrow had hit cuz it didn't go through him at that distance um and so I didn't know how good I would got him. Well, he kind of ran that way for about 100 yards, and then he made a big looping C back out into the, the valley. And when he did that, I had my binos on him, and I could see that I'd hit him pretty good. I was like two ribs back from his shoulder blade. Oh, perfect. And, and he was just pumping. I mean, just running down his side. But I'm glad. Them things can fly, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> Cause, yeah. cause Especially if he you was... shoot them. Oh, he was cooking, and I'm like, dude, that thing's gonna be five miles by the time he falls over. And he was ripping out through this flat, and he just turfed it like he was uh, probably 300 from me. And all of a sudden, he just rolled, and I was like, oh, coolies! You know, I just thought he was dead, like down. Yeah. Um, and I threw my Binox up, and he sat there and rolled around on the ground and tried to get his legs under him for like another minute or two, and then he finally, then he finally put his head down and, and killed over. But I was like, dude doing the math I'm like as fast as he was running if he ran that fast for two and a half minutes he'd have been a freaking mile away oh yeah easy (laughs) and I I ended up hitting both lungs so anyways uh, my cousin's favorite part of this story is once he fell I grabbed the radio and to me it sounded perfectly fine I was I was talking at a normal speed and my cousin goes what? You sounded like a freaking Turkey goblin on the radio. What are you talking about? I was just, I was just, blah, 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 just as fast as I could get the information. out. And so I got the information out. So they started coming up the Ridge. And then when they got there, my cousin goes, your dad was pissed in the truck. I'm like, pissed. What for? He goes, as soon as you said, I got him. He's dead. Your dad goes, that kid is the luckiest. Son of a being I've ever met. life." <laughs> and so at that point we we walked out real slow because he had been flopping around but he had been you know not moving for a few you know probably 15 20 minutes as they came up to me so we got real close and you know checked him and he was done but i yeah I ended up hitting both lungs but man he was flying and i'm like i'm glad he fell and so we started looking i was like i wonder why he fell there's a bunch of prairie dogs on the boulder and he had actually one of his legs went in a hole when he was running. Oh, yeah. You tumbled and broke it, and he, he couldn't get Jeez. back up. Oh, man. It's pretty rough. I was like, man, not only did I kill you, but then you ran out here and broke your and <laughs> <Yeah>, leg. Yeah, no <laughs>
0: joke, dude. <laughs> so,
2: but... As for an easy pack out, you know, when they're only 100 pounds, they're pretty easy to pack
0: out. Oh, yeah, you just throw them over your shoulder. Except for they stink so bad, you don't want to do yeah. that. But It was pretty rough.
2: We just lifted him because there was three of us. We lifted him so just his back end was touching the ground pretty much and just uh-huh. drug him yep. over the road. But uh, like I say, he's a decent buck. He's just, just under Pope and Young. And for three days of get it done time, it was a really fun hunt and humbling and, one of my
0: longest shots ever with a bow, so. Yeah, that's a long it was, shot. That's impressive.
2: That's pretty good time. Yeah, my my buddy, he he hates me all the time. He goes, dude, you you shoot, and he's like, you do shoot a lot, but he's like, man, you you've killed some critters at some distance. I'm like, dude, I'm better. I'm better at distance. I'm like, I have missed more deer close than I have far. <laughs> so, I agree like,
0: with that. I'm that same way. If it's close, I I struggle with them when they're close. Unless you like five feet, like I, the story I told last time when it was that one you really couldn't miss. Yeah, but... if you don't have to pick a pin, you're okay. But... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stick them all on there. <laughs> yep. Man. Oh. Dude, it, it that's is, awesome. So... That's, that is awesome. That's tough to do. Spot and stock antelope is, is really oh. tough. You know, you see, well, and I've, I've done it as well. I've never actually shot one, I've never shot an antelope with a bow. Um, but most people will sit on water like you said you know like the thing that you can't do is just sit in a blind and sit on water and that, that I think that's how most people do archery and a spot and stock. man that's a that's a whole new level
2: it was yeah. tough and like I say if it wasn't for that rainstorm and pushing them up into that cover I don't know if I'd have got one spot and stock.
0: Yeah. but that
2: rain had them so soaked they just wanted to get out of the, the weather and so kind of was their own demise but it helped me a lot it's like, good for you for taking advantage of it yeah it was once we saw embedded right there i'm like dude this is it i'm like i've not had one even kind of in the trees i'm like this is gonna have to work <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it did
0: It yeah. did. Yep. wow impressive cool. we, we've only got just a few minutes left before we're gonna wrap this up and uh let's go ahead and seth if you've got one more quick one that you can share with us i i shared my favorite archery hunting uh story on our last podcast for you guys are listening that are listening if you haven't listened to that podcast go back and listen to that one it's a it's a pretty fun one but Seth you have one more that you can share with us real quick yeah I've got
2: I'll do my late season buck um so back in 2012 I had hunted all year and didn't didn't get anything so I went up and hunted the Utah extended archery hunt which if you're not familiar they let you hunt them in the in the whole month actually it's it's a few months but usually the guys really gear up for november because the bucks start migrating down and start rutting a little bit and it's a pretty fun deal with a bow um i'd never hunted it until that year um which was 2012 and then my uncle had been hunting it a lot so he's like yeah come with me uh and you know a lot of guys on that extended they get out and they hike cover a lot of ground which works well they they see deer and stuff but we had known a few high points where you could sit and cover a ton of country with your binoculars and, and find a buck that, you know, you could decide it's worth hiking over into there and, and getting one. Um, and one of these pullouts, uh, the, the view ranged anywhere from, you know, a couple feet out the truck clear up to, you know, five miles up on the mountainside. And, it was right in the morning. We pulled up to it, and my uncle's like, "This is a pretty good spot." I usually see him on the other side over here, and he's talking about it. And we both, for whatever reason, looked on the side that was close to us. And uh, about a 1, thousand, twelve hundred yards up on the top of this ridge, both me and my uncle, are, there's some does right there, and so we were glassing them. And as we're glassing them, this rack comes over the ridge line, and my uncle goes that's four pointy big enough for you. I'm like, yep. Big enough for me. Cause I was, I was like, I don't care. It's anything, but he was pretty nice four point. And so we rock paper scissors to see who got the downwind side and who got the upwind side <laughs> and the upwind guy was going to take a lot slower approach while the downwind guy was going to try to get into position. And I've, I won the rock paper scissors. So he says, you know, cause where we're at, you can communicate, the quietest way, which was with your cell phone on text, you know, vibrate and text. You didn't even have to have radios or anything. He goes, when you get on top, text me that you're on top. Cause he's like, I'm not even going to move and do anything until you're in position. I said, like, all right. So I hustled up there, you know, got below him and hustled up to the top of the Ridge. And it just worked out so well. Cause when you got to the top of this Ridge, instead of being, cause this the place that these deer were at were just was just a jungle of oak brush, so everything's snapping and cracking and popping. Ugh. But when you got on the very top of the ridge line, it was this weird big long rock formation, just the whole length of the ridge. So once you got on top, you were actually pretty quiet, other than you know a little bit of gravel crunching and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, I got up on top and was was working across there pretty quick, trying to get into position because it was quiet. So I was like, well, I can kind of move. Um, and I got to a spot. I was like, well, I think this is about where they were. So I started slowing down quite a bit. And there was kind of this E-shaped, this rock formation kind of made a E shaped shape and, and then below it was a narrow kind of deep canyon. Um, and I just peeked over the edge and there were three does, at like, I mean, spitting distance, they were so close. I was like, oh, crap.
0: <laughs> I am like,
2: he's got to be right here. I mean, they were, I, I don't know, probably 20. They were probably within 20 yards. My like, crap, he's got to be right here. And so and then you're burning, your brain's going 100 miles an hour. Like, Where is he? Where is he? And I'm checking all the oak brush little patches and um, right underneath me, just crashing and bam I'm like oh frick i mean he must have been laying or standing in that stuff directly underneath me so he blew out but as he blew out uh, and i don't even almost remember doing it but out of instinct i just drew back and he screwed it up he did the mule deer thing he took three big jumps and then stopped and kind of quartered away and looked back at me and he was kind of an adult pretty steep downhill, but he was looking back and I remember thinking it's going to be a pretty good shot. You know, everything felt good. And I was like, I don't know, he'd run he a few, you know, same thing. Couldn't range find him. Like he'd went a few jumps. I don't know, somewhere in that 50 yard range. I held behind the, the shoulder and just as I started to touch it, I could feel because of the steep downhill, I was kind of canting the bow the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to fix it. But just as I was doing, trying to fix it in my mind, I touched that trigger release off and I shot and the same thing, heard this big, loud smack and he just folded, just straight to the ground. And I was like, so this is only the second animal I'd ever killed with a bow. And I was like, they don't normally do that. (laughs) Oh so don't do that on
0: YouTube videos. <laughs> so, and so I immediately,
2: you know, in my other buck, you know, he'd run a couple hundred yards or whatever. So I immediately rip an arrow out and re knock and I just get out on the ridge and, and I stop. And I'm just watching him and he's just pouring. I mean, he's just pumping blood and didn't really move, just laid there and was pumping blood all over the place. I'm like, well, I don't know exactly where I hit him because it happened so fast and he kind of fell funny, but I'm like, he's done. And so. I text, I wish I, I wish I would have saved the text back then. Those phones didn't really have screenshots and, and stuff, but it was funny because the text line was like my uncle saying, all right, you on top. And I said, yeah, I'm on top. And then two minutes later, the text is, I I got him. He's dead. And then <laughs> he's probably like BS. Then, no. uh, that's exactly what the text was. The text was the actual bull, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> no, he's dead. He's dead right here. And he's like, and then, there was no more text. It was literally a phone call. Like, what do you mean he's dead? You hit him good or you mean he's dead? I'm like, he's, he's laying 50 yards from me dead right here. <laughs> <laughs> and so he came up to me and he's like, how long has he been dead? And I'm like, I don't know. It probably took you 10, 15 minutes to get here. And I said, he stopped bleeding at this point. So I think he's bled everything out. And uh, he's like, all right, well, let's go check him out. So we walked down there and. I don't know how I did it, and, and I I think back and I know I contributed to being a little bit young and forgetting in in the moment that when you shoot downhill your arrow rises, mm-hmm. but I hit him I hit him just because he was looking back pretty hard over his shoulder I hit him just below the white patch, oh yeah and mm-hmm. hit spine and it cut jugular so he, he was just similar to Curtis's he just yeah he was done piled and, up yep yeah, and so we. Took a few pictures and got him cleaned up, and this was my, at, I, 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 technically he still is my biggest buck with a bow, but uh, got him cleaned up, took a picture, and, and ended up getting getting him done and on the wall and stuff. But it, it was cool. it was a pretty dang cool deal. So, dude,
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, on the Wasatch front too, man. That's that's a
2: dang good hunt, good yeah. buck. Yeah, when we were moving him
0: off there, two guys
2: came walking up the little trail that we were coming down. And they start talking to us. I told them it was my first time ever being on, the, not hunting, like, not Jeez. this year. I mean, like, this is the first time I've been on the Watch Front. They're
0: like, are you freaking kidding
2: me? <laughs> like, that's, like, that's a freaking achievement itself to come up here first time ever and kill a deer. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, I've hunted it for years. I've killed a couple smaller ones. But you're right, like, getting back up in there, finding the bigger ones, it's tough. There's a lot of people hunting them, too.
2: Yeah, and it's gotten progressively busier. Just yeah. so many so many guys know that there are quality deer, and so it's become a, a definitely a, a bit of a circus. But there's
0: still nice bucks running around. Yeah. So is this the picture I'm looking at? Of, you got the bow draped over him, and you're holding him up there. a good four-point, right?
2: Yeah, he's a four-point.
0: Um, Seth, this yeah. was back in the day. This is back in the... the... Oh, uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna say that, but man, back in the, the McDonald's Big Mac days, yeah,
2: that was that was oil filled fat. That was that was beef. That that was
0: pudgy, but that was beef underneath there. I better put another like on that picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome, man. Good for you. That's that's awesome. That's crazy. Out of all these bow hunt stories, you have two of them that were uh, they didn't run anywhere. They dumped right where they were at. Hold it up. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty rare. That's very rare.
1: Yep. for sure.
0: Yeah. shoot. Well, guys, that's awesome. Those are cool stories. I appreciate you guys coming on and and sharing those stories. I hope everybody that's listening enjoyed them as well and kind of learned a little bit of tips and uh, just some experience. I think you can learn a lot from just people telling stories. I mean, uh, if I remember back to when I was a kid and listening to my dad and my grandpas tell stories, is a lot of how I learned how to... Become a hunter. So hopefully everybody enjoys these these type of podcasts. Uh, if you guys have questions about these stories or any other stories that we share, don't don't be afraid to reach out. You can reach out to any one of us via social media, um, either the either E page or our personal pages. Um, but really, really enjoy these. So Seth and Curtis, thanks for jumping on and, and sharing this. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: So, the invite. Sorry to take up all your time. I wanted to hear from you too.
0: We'll go and listen to the podcast that you listened to three times already, the, the one that we did last time. Um,
1: I wanted another story, unless you only have one bow kill, which might be the case. That
0: might be the case. <laughs> no, I've, I i could have short shared my uh, one of my mule deer ones, which Seth almost gave me PTSD, though, when he talked about that, that doe antelope blowing at him, because, oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. That was I, the worst. I swear. Every time, that's... Every mule deer that I've ever hunted with a bow, they've always, you know, they are always surround themselves with does and, uh-huh. man, you just get blown out so many times by those stupid does. But maybe on yeah. another podcast, I'll share some more of, uh, some more <laughs> of the, my stories, my uh, bow hunting um, stories. <laughs> So, all right, well, before we go, um do you want to again thank Vortex Optics and Phonescope for sponsoring everything that we do here at uh, eHunter. Um, appreciate them and their support. Go check them out, vortexoptics.com, phonescope.com. Uh, we use their stuff in, oh, gosh, everything that we do, guys. I think that every time I go out into the field, I've got at least one of those products with me. So I'm sure you guys are the same.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Rangefinder, binoculars, Phonescope, everything. Yep.
0: Curtis, you used the. Oh, I just lost the name of it. The one that attaches to your rifle scope.
1: Yeah, the phone scope precision. precision. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's been super cool, especially hunting foxes and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, those yeah, fox videos fun. are awesome. Yep. That's another thing. I got to get down there and hunt some fox with you. I think that would be a blast. Yes,
1: you do. It's good times.
0: One of the best dates to do that?
1: um it's closed now it goes from august to march okay um so yeah anytime then january february are usually pretty fun
0: I say that's i got nothing else so, going on january february so that'd be perfect
1: yeah come down let's go hunt uh some deer in january and we can chase some foxes around too
0: okay sounds good all right guys we'll, let, we'll uh, end it right there appreciate you guys again jumping on everybody Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share it around, and let us know if you guys have any questions. See you guys. See
2: ya.